0: Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today is the conclusion of a great interview with Pastor Mark Sowersby author of forgiving the nightmare now if you missed any and i mean any of part one you need to go back to catch up pastor mark was raised in in absolute childhood abuse from his earliest memories just horrific things things nobody wants to discuss he was made to partake in things you would not even make a dog do he was forced to do but for God, who finally delivered him from that torment through his uncle, that started his road back. It was not an easy road by any means. Now, we're going to get into that today in the conclusion of this great interview with Pastor Mark Sowersby as we continue to discuss his book, Forgiving the Nightmare. Let's join the interview in progress with Pastor Mark Sowersby.
2: But the trauma sometimes we go through, brother, you know, my life from the ages of seven to 14, I was raped, yeah. stabbed, beaten, and burnt mm. almost daily. So I could not forget. I thank God that God has not held it against me, or, or He's helped me forgive those that mm. that that trespassed against me. But I wouldn't be honest intellectually with you to say I've forgotten that. Right. Part of my narrative, part of my narrative is that I was an abuse victim. Now let me say it this way: that's a part of my past. It doesn't have to be my identity.
1: Right. Amen, my
2: amen. identity is not abuse victim, but it, I would not be honest with you if I said I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happened in my life, brother, let me just put it this way. I was waiting for the day that I would wake up in that mountain of hurt, that Everest of hurt in my life of rejection and fear and pain and insecurities and lies and inabilities would all go away.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, even today I wake up and sometimes that mountain tries to rise up. But that mountain of pain and hurt, rejection, was the Everest that shined its its shadow over everything I did for many years of my life, shined its shadow in, in my ministry, shined its shadow in my Bible, in Bible college years, shined its shadow upon me. Mm. To be honest, brother, still to this day. So I wish I could say, you know, it's gone. Right. It's over. It's not. It's right. still there. Yeah, what right. happened, what happened, and this is what I want you to hear. This It happened, and, and I want to be real honest. I'm very sober and let you know I realize how big that mountain of abuse, pain, and sorrow is. It's huge. Mm -hmm. But what happened in my life is God became bigger. The mountain of God's grace, mercy, and love. So even though that God did not remove that mountain of hurt and pain, you know, that still tries to drag me down there. This triggers in my life and sounds and memories. And when they rise up and they do, God reminds me, my word is bigger. My spirit is bigger. My love is bigger. My calling is bigger. My grace is bigger. My anointing is bigger. So so God becomes bigger. So that mountain, yeah, it's still there, but it doesn't own me anymore. The mountain of God that shadows his light upon everything I do now is what owns me. And I I think many victims go through the day waiting for it all to be gone. And maybe for some it happens. For me, it hasn't. And that's why I feel like I'm like David someday. David said, I have to walk through the valley and the shadow of death and fear no evil. i got to walk through some valleys, but I fear no evil because God is with me.
1: Amen. Amen. When you were describing that, I'm picturing in my mind, you know, the picture like you see in some of the, the murals and stuff, you know, this big mountain in the background, right? And mm-hmm. then you say, you know, God's bigger than that. So I'm, I'm visualizing this mountain coming up behind that one that is so huge. It makes this one look like a molehill. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And then exactly. now when you're looking at that mountain of what you went through, you're looking, at, yeah, but my God's bigger,
2: you know. Boom. And, uh, that that's exactly what happened. That mountain. Now again, when you go through deep trauma and you've had things robbed from you not only a works. pound of flesh, your dignity, your self-respect, your value, your your confidence, when those things are taken from you. Uh the you just feel empty. But when God restores, Amen. when he, he, he up, turns the heart of stone to a heart of flesh, when he transforms the mind and renews the spirit, and it's slowly. You know, I know the scripture, Uh give me a, a, a seed, a mustard seed of faith can move a mountain. I didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So God had to start real slow with me. He said, Mark, can your faith move a pebble? I said, my faith in you can move a pebble. And we moved it. He said, Mark, my Having faith in me can help you move a, a rock. And having faith in me can help you move a stone. And having faith in me can help you move a boulder. And having faith in me can help you move a hill. And it was a lifetime of trusting more and more and more and more. And one day in my 50s, the Lord would say, come, let's go move that mountain. And, and I said, God, I still can't move. it. It's too big. And he said, how'd you move the pebble? How'd you move the stone? How'd you move the rock, the boulder, the hill? God, you were there. And I will be there Praise with you. So it's step by step because when you go through trauma, brother, one of the first things that's stolen from you is your trust. Mm -hmm. I grew up with deception, I grew up with a liar, I grew up in and I did not want to serve man's rules, I didn't want to serve a religious system, I wanted God. And at 16, when he became my Lord and Savior, I said, God, I don't know how to pray, I don't know how to read the Bible but I want you to lead me. If you're real, and he is, then you'll lead me. Man's got its system. Now, hey, I'm a pastor. I pastor in the organized church. I'll tell you, I've never met a perfect church. I've never met a perfect person in the church. Uh, I've met some good people, not perfect people. But I'll tell you, the church, I believe, can serve that perfect God. Amen?
1: Yeah, amen. I mean, I've heard Kenneth Copeland say before, if you're looking for a perfect church, don't go there because you'll ruin it. <laughs> Why did you write your book Forgiving the Nightmare at this point in your
2: life? Well, to be honest with you, this was the season God released me to do it. Uh, Forgiving the Nightmare was given to me in my early 20s at an altar where I wrestled with God again and the Lord said you'll write your book, you you you'll write your testimony down. I I didn't I didn't have enough faith for that. I said, "Lord, if this is really you, what will I call it?" And there in my early 20s, he said, you'll call it forgiving the nightmare. So there's been a lot of expressions in my life about forgiving the nightmare. I've pastored churches that have been broken. I've come beside people that have been hurting, and there's always been a reflection of it. But upon my mom's death, uh, the Lord released me to be able to write this book, uh, to put pen to paper. I ran from it because my inabilities. And God said, just trust me again. And we put pen to paper. I spilt myself all over the pages. I don't think I used a capital or a period for the first you know, 50 pages. And I handed it to my wife, who graduated with more colors around her neck than a Christmas tree. And she was able to, to turn it into something that was legible. And God just started to put people in our life, a, an editor, uh, uh, you know, all these people that would help me write the book. And now the book's out there. And really, my hope with the book is twofold not only do I share my testimony, but in the back of the book, I, I use what I call trail markers. I really like to hike. Maybe that's why I see things in mountains. I like to hike. And and when you're hiking, you got to follow the trail. Mm. If not you get lost or you end up somewhere you don't want to be. And there's all these little trail markers and you have to pay attention to them. And in my life, God used that symbolization to say, Mark, here's some things I have before you to keep you on the straight and narrow. And for me, things like prayer, things like the word of God, things like praise, things like uh being honest, having friends, you know, having real friends mm-hmm. that can say, um, hey, you know, you need a tic-tac, you know, those kind of friends, you know, yeah, they can really yeah, speak yeah. friends and learning to forgive. Uh, and I I want to be really simple when I say this. The Bible tells us to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. I didn't love myself for a while, so you didn't want me to love. Love you like I love myself because I didn't love myself. But when I love Jesus, I was able to love myself. So there's different steps I take, and to real be really honest about what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is uh not forgive and forget. Now God forgets, but for us, again, when you have been raped, it, you know, to say forgive and forget, brother. Forgiveness doesn't mean I'm letting my my abuser off the hook. I still seek justice. Yeah. Forgiveness doesn't mean that now I want to have a kumbaya moments. You know, I can have uh, healthy boundaries between those that abused me and hurt me. Forgiveness doesn't mean it's a one time affair. For Christ, it was, but sometimes for us, as we grow, uh, we have to learn to forgive deeper and deeper and more and more. So, forgiveness is a constant process in my life. And I think there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Yeah. You can, can have forgiveness that. without reconciliation. And I think sometimes as the church we we combine the two. And I don't know if that's the way it is in the kingdom. I think sometimes you could say I have forgiven you and if the Lord leads and does a miracle <laughs> then maybe there could be reconciliation. Yeah. I can always forgive through Jesus Christ. And the journey's hard and it's ugly, but it's beautiful and sweet. But they may not and doesn't always have to be reconciliation.
1: Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's funny you talk about something in this in this area right now because in your book, Forgiving the Nightmare, you talk about the journey that you're on. And can you share with us what you call forgiving at different levels?
2: Sure. You know, I think just like anything else in life, we grow and mature and we walk through different seasons. So Let me use an illustration to explain that. You know, as a young man, I was learning to forgive because Christ told me to. I was leaning on the scriptures. I was leaning on the faith as I always would. And then I would mature and I got married and I had to forgive. Now, I didn't want to drag that abuse, that ugliness, not not the actions of abuse, but the torment of abuse into my marriage. So I had to forgive at a different process. Lord, not just forgiving for myself, but I, I want to stop the junk from coming into my marriage. Then my wife announced we're having a child. So here I am in the hospital. And I'm I'm as nervous as a, a first-time dad, thinking, oh man, I'm somebody's dad. Should I just apologize to this child now? You know? <laughs> and I remember our baby came into the world the usual way, 10 fingers, 10 toes, and they handed me the baby. And I'm holding this, this beautiful child for the first time, really, realizing I can love. Something so much that I would give my life for, like any parent. And at that moment, the enemy came in and said, no one ever loved you that much. And boy, I'll tell you, here I am at this moment of of pure joy, being a father, being tormented by my past. And I had to, and the Holy Spirit reminded me that God always loved me that much. So there's different processes and different systems as we mature. You know, I, I love Peter in the Bible. Because the Peter in the gospel chops off a man's ear. He cusses at kids. He denies the Christ. He says, I won't let you go to the cross. Very impulsive, very frank. And then when you read about John in his epistles, he tells us, be patient with one another. I'm thinking, is that the same? Is that the same? I'm sorry, not John, same Peter. Yeah. Is that the same Peter? You know, what happened? He, he grew. He matured. He learned, you know. Jesus told those with the with no sins cast the first stone, and the Bible says the oldest among them dropped the stones first. Amen. I think sometimes with age comes wisdom, Amen. and you Amen. realize yeah. ah, I'm not going to be so quick to point the finger because I might got some fingers that could be pointed at me. That's right. So, so I think forgiving at different levels. It's just meaning as I've matured, as my responsibility has grown, as my tent has expanded from a wife to four children to church. And like you, grandchildren, I'm not there yet, but someday I'm sure, you know, you want to forgive these things. I'm going to pass enough junk down. I know I will. We all do. But the tormenting uh, of the mental anguish of uh, of abuse I'm putting at the altar My kids, I pray that my kids will never know that kind of angle.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Are there still some times when something happens that triggers those nightmares and they come back and and you have to forgive again?
2: Oh, of course. As, As I was saying earlier, you know, there's days I wake up and I have to remind myself your mercies are made new every day. Because I'll wake up and there'll be a memory, a sound, a, a trigger that comes in and wants to bring all the old man back you know, to remind me of my failures, to remind me of my insecurities, to remind me of my pain. So that's when I have to remind myself, no matter how big that pain is that's trying to engulf me, God is bigger. And the shadow of God is casting upon me. The light of Christ is a shadow and it's brighter than even the darkness of my despair. So, yeah, of course. I mean, when you go through these things, I wish I could tell you, and maybe for some they do, they go away in the twinkling of an eye. But I think some of our our miracles happen on the journey. There's There's the miracle of the instant. And I believe in it and I pray for it and I stand on it. But I believe there's miracles of the process too, mm-hmm. you know. The seed falls in, becomes the oak, and that's a beautiful is is beautiful act of God as Him opening up blind eyes, because God is glorified.
1: Amen. Amen. You mentioned uh, forgiveness and reconciliation. Do you ha- did were you able to reconcile with your mother? Do you still have a relationship with your mother? Well,
2: I was able to reconcile with my mom. Uh, she uh, passed on, as I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, My mom apologized to me profusely Uh, almost every day after the abuse, probably from my twenties on every time we were alone, she apologized. She felt very guilty and ashamed. And some people would say she should, and and maybe she should, maybe that that was the cross she was bearing because of what happened. Uh, What happened in my life is not knowing my dad and realizing how, how, My mom was the only parent I had that understanding, not excusing her actions towards me, but me understanding what she went through. Again, a first marriage that she was uh, abused in a lot of ways. Her first husband had affairs and just betrayed her and hurt her. Uh, My father came in and betrayed her and hurt her and she gained weight and she was just broken, insecure, fearful. And it just kind of helped me understand why she could not stand up for me. Mm -hmm. Doesn't excuse it. Mm -hmm. Didn't make it easier. It doesn't make it right. It just helped me understand. And by understanding, it helped me pour out forgiveness and have a relationship with my mom. And I'll tell you, my mom came to know the Lord. It was the last few months of her life. A colleague went to her and she poured all this out. And she asked Jesus to be her Lord and Savior.
1: Amen. What about your father? Have you ever met him?
2: I did meet my birth father. Uh, Yep. We had him for about four years in my life. Uh, He was a snowbird. That's what we call him in New England. Snowbirds go to Florida in the winter and come back to New England in the summer. And he did that. Um, You know, we didn't have a warm and fuzzy relationship. Uh, We had a basic one that we connected for dinner a few times. Most of our relationship was around, rallied around sports, the Patriots, the Red Sox, you know, we're New Englanders. So it it wasn't this tight, intimate, close, but I was glad to find out a little bit about, uh, you know, all I knew is I had a family bush, but I realized I had a family tree. So unfortunately, I don't know if my father came into the Lord and we never had that kind of relationship where I I had the ability to share with him as much as I I wanted to. He knew I was a pastor though. He'd say, Marky, don't preach to me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: your personal ministry is called forgiving the nightmare every person has their own kind of nightmare that they're living with and 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 something that the devil has has used to try and and keep us in some sort of bondage and not serving the lord the way we'd like to how do you help those like that to overcome their nightmares
2: well first of all i think truth sets us free Uh, and and when we are going through these traumas again A lot of times being isolated and feeling like we're the only ones. And no one understands about this addiction, about this vice, about this issue, about this problem. And that's the first lie that flesh, self, and the enemy tells us all. And the Bible talks about how the devil is like a lion that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. A lion never attacks the herd. He always attacks the stragglers, the ones that hang back. And sometimes when we're going through these pains, uh, that it helps us hang hang back. We don't want to go to church. They're full of hypocrites. All they want is our money. We don't want to tell anybody. We don't want prayer. So we just get isolated and start to begin to believe our own reasoning, right? And sometimes it's not the best reasoning, but we begin to believe that. So what I do is I say, listen, whatever you're walking through, whatever addiction or vice, you're not the only one. God's a big God find some help. I'll find a counselor, find a coach, find a pastor, find a community, find somebody in your life that you can entrust and let them walk through it. Be honest with God. I did not have a King James prayer. Uh, you know, I got saved out of an abuse in a home that reflected that. I talked to God, yo God, here I am. If you're real, help me out. You know, I talked to God real. And yeah, then I yeah. found help. So uh, yeah. Do I tell people, and I'm honest with them, it's not easy. You know, uh, this journey of learning to forgive is not easy because usually we go to God and we say, Hey God, we want you to deal with situation X, mm-hmm. you know, sick of God. Yeah, <laughs> and, God yeah. goes, and God says, I want to deal with you. Yeah. And boy, that's where we start running around. And then to be honest with you, the church has to do sometimes a better job. Uh, we go, Hey, we prayed for you. It's over. Right. Oh, hey, you know, it's under the blood. So let's not bring it up anymore. We have to realize when somebody's psyche and spirit has been through trauma, we have to give them room to let the Holy Spirit minister. And again, in that ministry, just like there may be some penicillin for the sick, there may be some counseling for the broken. So I try to just be honest and say, it's okay to be you. Give yourself grace because God does.
1: Amen. Amen. Pastor, this has all been so interesting. How can someone order your book? Is it available on Amazon?
2: It is. The best way to order it is to go to Amazon, look up uh, Forgiving the Nightmare on Amazon, and you'll find my book there. Also, you can find me online at my website called ForgivingTheNightmare.com. You can find me, you can order the book from there. You'll find blogs, a couple videos, see my ugly mug. But yeah, if you want to check us out, ForgivingTheNightmare.com also to order my book on Amazon, Forgiving the Nightmare. And I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. So you can check me out there, Forgiving the Nightmare.
1: Amen. So if someone wants to get in touch with you, ask a question or maybe do an interview like this, which is the best way to get in touch with it through the website or LinkedIn or how, how will you want to drive?
2: Whatever's easiest. But if you go to my, uh, my website, you could text me at mark at forgivingthenightmare.com. At Mark at forgiving the nightmare.com. I get all my emails from there. So if you want to connect with me, that's a great way. Or Facebook or LinkedIn or smoke signals, I answer to that. <laughs> uh, you know, uh Morse code, however you want to get a hold of me, I will try to connect.
1: Amen. Amen. Uh, folks. Mark's life probably wasn't your life. Pray that it wasn't your life. But There's something that you went through that he didn't, I didn't. There's something that you went through that has affected your life. And it's time to let God be God. Let him, as Mark used the the allegory of, let him become the huge mountain in your life. One that you can look at the mountain the devil erected and say, my God is a lot bigger than you. Mm. And let God be God amen. And and pastor, I'm just moved right now. Someone listening to us right now would like to receive Jesus as their savior. Would you do the honor of leading them in this prayer right now?
2: Sure. If you're listening today and you've never heard anybody speak this kind of language of, of victimhood and redemption and freedom, then today I'll tell you the only place I could truly lead you to is to Jesus Christ. And we have a prayer it's not a magical prayer, it's not a mystical prayer, it's a confirming prayer of what God's already doing in your heart. And we say these prayers just to, to have that confirmation in our spirit. And we we confess our, our allegiance, we confess our faith, we confess our grace, we repent of our sins in this prayer. And we ask the Lord to come in because the Bible tells us if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we shall Amen. be saved. So if you're listening today, just pray this simple prayer. Just like this, say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and forgive me for my sins. I receive you today, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you, Father God, for dying on the cross to give me life. I repent of those things that so easily snare, but I turn to you, my rock and my firm foundation. So, Lord, I ask you by faith. By hope, by love, that you will come in and be my Lord and Savior. I thank you today, Lord, for your son Jesus Christ that came and paid the price I could not pay and died on the cross to set me free. I want to walk in that grace. I want to receive that forgiveness. I want to repent of those sins. If you've prayed that prayer today, I'm just going to say amen. Please contact Pastor Bob, reach out to the ministry so they can reach back to you. So, Lord, we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Praise God. If you prayed that prayer with Pastor Mark, I said, drop down the show notes, click the links right there, get in touch with him. Let Pastor Mark know that you prayed with him on this prayer. Someone, somewhere, we don't do this on every episode and every broadcast, but when the Holy Spirit says, do it, we obey. Amen. So reach down, click the links right there. Email me at brotherbob at ftfm.org. Let me know as well. If you do not have your own Bible, let me know. I will send you your own personal Bible, absolutely free of charge. I'll even pay the postage on it, but within the continental United States, that's all I can do. Okay. But if you need one, you let me know. Praise God. Mark, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the program today. I do appreciate your time, brother. It's
2: been an honor. Thank you, Pastor Bob for having me it's been a blessing
1: amen folks that's all the time we have for today pastor mark Sowersby and myself this pastor by reminding you again be blessed in all that you do
0: thank you for listening to today's episode of the kingdom crossroads podcast please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published